Welcome to the Stargate Archives, buried deep within Cheyenne Mountain. Welcome to the latest episode of the Stargate Archives, the Stargate podcast that takes over from where Gatecast left off after completing its epic 298 episode run of Stargate. I've decided this week, or at least this time, to do an episode of Legend, episode 5 of the one and only season, The Life, Death and Life of Wild Bill Hickok. This episode premiered May the 16th, 1995, written by Peter Allen Fields, he's written for TNG, DS9 and Xena, and directed by Michael Caffe. He's reasonably well known for being a prolific MacGyver director, so we're familiar with Richard Dean Anderson. I'm trying something a little different. Normally I record on my iPad. Makes it easy to sit in front of the big television in the lounge and be comfortable. I'm using a USB headset on a very, very long cable. Uh, somebody trips over it, I might actually strain my neck. So let's see how this goes. Hopefully the quality will be a little bit better this time. Well, the episode opens up with a, with a bit of plinky-plonky music and close-up shot of some sort of contraption. Very fancy carving, uh, kind of a wicker basket in some sort of metallic framework. Big old-fashioned valves in it, propeller blade. You know what? I think this is a drone. This is one of Professor's drones. Centuries ahead of its time. No doubt going to be using it to spy on the local townsfolk, as is the norm these days. I've got to be honest, the model work is exceptional. That is a beautiful piece of prop design. The distressing thing is that might have been scrapped after the production had ended. Back in those days, they didn't tend to keep things around. I mean, two minds if this is a bit of blue screen, or a balloon hanging from a crane. It's surprising how many normal townsfolk do not look up at this cryptic contraption that's floating above their heads. Of course, when we get to the actual point of this, the, the kids who are playing marbles, they look up, and they, they kind of dismiss it. Oh, they're used to Bartok's crazy inventions, so... Yeah, just another one of them. Okay then, forgive me, yes, the professor is spying on the townsfolk, specifically uh, a young woman who's having a bath. She doesn't seem to mind one bit that his little contraption is, uh... Oh, hi professor. <laughs> Was that a click? Taking a picture of her as well. Granted she's covered in suds, but still, this is a bit much. Raise five. See five and raise you five. Oh, I can see where this is going. Ernest is playing poker. Four guys having a quiet game in an upstairs room. Bartox is spying on them. Disgusted, of course, because Ernest is tarnishing Legend's impeccable standing in the community. And this isn't... Ah, this isn't... Oh my god, the professor's a genius. This is actually a TV camera. It is not just a still photograph. He has got video. This is, this is, this is pretty good in this day and age. Which makes the spying on the woman in the bath even more disturbing. Hmm. Right, so he's got a good look at his cards. Uh, will the professor cheat? Will he help Ernest? Or will he kind of drop him in on it? Even money. <laughs> okay, one of the players sees the, sees the drone, uh, takes exception to it and starts firing at it. Accusing uh, Ernest of cheating. But as he, as he said, Bartok, he's just Bartok being Bartok. He invents things every other week. Last week it was a mortar to the moon. Looks like we got an extra player, don't it? Oh yes, and they seem to be quite upset with that. Evasive maneuvers! Evasive maneuvers! 
<laughs> Never mind, the drone gets hit and it falls to the floor. This isn't right. It's not the sort of thing you should be doing, spying on people like this. The professor should be ashamed of himself. Right, it looks like Ernest is in for it. His life isn't worth $40. Well, to the other guy it is. And then, bang, somebody bursts into the door. Two pistols armed, cops, ready to shoot. Bill Hickok. <laughs> and the name is well known. The poker player backs down. Ernest is unfazed. It's almost as if the legend persona is rubbing off on him a bit. Just a little bit. And then, cue to credits. Legend and Hickok seem to be very chummy. Didn't know each other, obviously, but two of a kind. The mayor takes this opportunity to uh, run his marketing spiel, uh, as he did with Legend back at the start of the series. No sale, though. Hickok's only here on business. See what that is. Oh, nice touch. Wild Bill never sits with his back to the door. Right, a boy runs up to get an autograph. Of course, Wild Bill is, is famous, more so than Legend, I guess. Bottle of whiskey is brought up. Ernest cup of tea as well. Wild Bill is disgusted. <laughs> Times are changing that one of his peers is drinking tea. Of course, we know that uh, it doesn't really contain tea, but well, what are you going to do? William Rust plays Wild Bill Hickok. Fans of Stargate will know the actor from the first season, The First Commandment. Uh, he played Captain Jonas Hansen, Sam Carter's ex-fiancé, who, who went a bit doolally, kind of a uh, proclaimed himself as a god to a native population. Not one of the best episodes of Stargate, but decent performance. So it turns out that Wild Bill is here to get a bit of help. He's after the Jack McCaw gang, having a run-in with these guys, the bad guys, for the last eight years or so when he when he killed Jack's brother. He's lost a couple of friends as well, so uh, as Ernie points out, oh, oh, now you've killed all your friends, you've, you've come looking for me. <laughs> Wild Bill seems to be getting a little bit more disappointed as Ernest proclaims the fact that he, he's not a fan of guns and he favours the pen as his weapon of choice. Uh, we know how it's going to pan out, but at this point, yeah, I think Wild Bill has made a mistake. More tea, please. Hickok! Wild Bill Hickok! Come out here and meet your man! It's Tommy Squirrel. He's packing a coat looks like he's wound up tighter than a bedspring, Mr. Hickok. And then we hear from outside somebody's calling Wild Bill out. And I like that line. A kid with a gun is no kid anymore. He's got a point. Someone's armed, you stop him from killing you today, no guarantee he won't be back tomorrow and just put a bullet in your back. So, Wild Bill leaves the saloon, heads into the street. Not quite sure why Tommy, a native of the town, actually wants to kill Wild Bill. Is it just because he's Wild Bill? Or is there some bad blood between them, you know? They haven't quite spelled that out yet. Not going home. Going to the dime novels, just like you, legend. Only place you're gonna print your name is on your headstone, son. Well, oh, that's depressing. The kid wants to face Wild Bill just for the chance of being famous. Unfortunately, we've seen throughout history that is often the case. People want to make a name for themselves. And so he draws on Wild Bill, two guns fire. They both walk away. Interesting. Tommy's delighted he faced Wild Bill and he's lived, he's gonna be famous. Uh, Ernest is a little perplexed. We all are at this point. As he says, uh, when Wild Bill draws his gun, he aims to kill. And Wild Bill says he does. So what's going on? A bit of a mystery. Oh, nice. <laughs> Ernest has taken Wild Bill to see the professor who's given him an eye test. And it turns out that Wild Bill's eyesight is awful. Not the fact that he missed, the fact that he couldn't even see the target. <laughs> oh dear. 
Okay, this could be a problem when you're a gunfighter. Uh, B, B, M. No. Q. Yeah. Q. Uh, why don't we try this one? I'd do a little better if you had one in English. Yes, well, just read the letters. Start with the next line. Wild Bill is a little embarrassed. He's going to have to wear spectacles. What will people think? Obviously, the idea that it'll draw out even more people who are trying to trying to kill him, make a name for themselves. But of course, now he can actually shoot straight, which can be a, a benefit, I would imagine. But still, he has a few jobs to finish before he can hang up his gun. He has already uh, used the money from the railroad to buy a small place in California. He wants to live that long. As Ernest says, though, uh, eventually, you know, the body wears out. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, the professor sells him a pair of spectacles, complimentary optical deflectors, sunshades, and a complimentary case. <laughs> the professor really, really is an entrepreneur. But at the moment, the market isn't really there for anything he makes. And so Wild Bill and Ernest part as friends. And meanwhile... Jack McCall is learning that Wild Bill has lost his eyesight. Hickok's lost his eye. What are you talking about? He missed his boy gunslinger wide ride over in Sheridan. I was there myself. Jack is played by a very young-looking John Piper Ferguson. You'll know him recently from Zoops and especially from The Last Ship. He's playing this character very strong, very mean. Definite Western bad guy. We return to the hotel where Nicodemus has got his residence. He seems to be trying to write a story. Obviously, as Ernest, he's kind of hitting a dead end. Not much to tell at this point. And then Marjorie, the uh, the young woman from the bath earlier in the episode, bursts in, starts showering him with kisses. She seems very affectionate, especially so when she uh, drops her housecoat and reveals a, a specially bought corset and nightgown. Ernest is impressed. And then, of course, the rest of the townsfolk comes in, so... <laughs> Any intimate moments between him and Marjorie are out the window. Uh, cake, wine and flowers are brought in. The mayor hands him the key to the city for a second time. Ernest is perplexed. But as he says, the Denver papers have already uh, printed the fact that he and uh, Wild Bill are going after the McCall gang. And everybody expects him to die, so they're going to arrange a memorial for him. Which will put the town on the map. Again, Ernest, not impressed. Memorial? Legend Gardens. Why tourists will come from all around the world to see the final resting place of our very own Nicodemus legend. Get away. Can I wear your hat when you're gone, or...? What? Now! Nicodemus, uh, Ernest, states quite clearly that uh, he will not be working with Wild Bill Hickok. He will be living a while longer. And everybody takes back all their gifts, including Marjorie, the angel of death who... Seems only sleeps with men who are going to die. Oh dear. Okay, back to his writing. Ernest pays the professor a visit. The professor would have loved to be able to work on the legend Memorial Garden, but he's got something else in mind, a bulletproof vest. Once again, Ernest is a bit sceptical, but he shouldn't be, because pretty much everything the professor makes works, although not always in the manner it was designed to. And that's when the bullet starts flying. First one strikes a bulletproof vest as Ernest is holding it up to himself. He goes down, but it works. The two of them die behind the water trough as the bullets continue to rain down on them. Ramos turns the lights out and, well, the Professor has got a plan for everything. And thus the Professor gets Ramos to launch the flare. A giant phosphor-burning flare designed for ships at sea. 
But as he says, while the townsfolk are used to seeing strange lights above Professor's uh, residence, the banditos aren't. And as it erupts in a ball of light, sparks flying everywhere, they ride off into the distance. And as Professor points out, it doesn't matter that the fact that Ernest isn't working with uh, Wild Bill, the bad guys think he is, so he's kind of screwed either way. If you don't go after Jack McCall, he's going to come after you. How come when the gun starts shooting, it's you, you're on Hickok's side. Well, he's not shooting after me. What happened to the we in this deal? What about we? We, we? And the next morning, the legend balloon takes flight, and the Professor once more is a genius. He is following the tracks of the horses, the horse who's left. But at this point, Ernest asks a question that's been on his mind ever since he saw the small balloon and the small drone get shot down. What happens if a bullet hits the big balloon? And the professor says, well, it'll fall. Fast or slow? Depends. <laughs> Doesn't quite put Ernest's mind to rest. But never mind, they've tracked the McCaw gang to their hideout, and they're nearing it. Although it's not exactly a stealthy approach. It's, it's quiet, but uh, a great big hot air balloon is kind of easy to see. And as luck would have it, Wild Bill is also on the trail. So while they aren't working together, Serendipity has had its say, and... They will end up together. But, oh no. The McCaw gang are laying an ambush for Wild Bill. They're already in the rocks. Already got their rifles aimed and ready to shoot. How will he survive? Oh no. And <laughs> this I have never liked in any TV show. The bad guy, a competent firearm specialist, has the first free shot and he misses. You just don't believe it. You know the good guy isn't going to get killed, but come on. <sighs> oh well. Firefight ensues. One thing for sure, Wild Bill is pinned down, he's going to need some help from somewhere. And as the balloon comes over the rise, the McCaw gang sees it and opens up on it. About time they started shooting back, as I point out, the, the balloon is susceptible to gunfire. Fortunately, they've got the electromagnetic, electrostatic gun on board. Shoots little fireballs of electricity, enough to cause some reasonable distractions and a minor landslide that allows... Wild Bill to gain a bit of ground, forcing the McCaw gang to uh, retreat. And fortunately now, Legend on the end of a rope uh, collects Wild Bill and they float off into the distance. A rather convoluted escape plan. It would be so much easier to be carrying Winchesters and just shoot the bad guys from uh, elevated position. They've got the high ground. Come on. <laughs> oh, now you'd think that Wild Bill would be grateful for being rescued and he is grateful but of course now he wants them to follow the gang as they ride off into the distance even though as Ernest points out the federal marshals are going to be waiting for him they're not going to get away while Bill of course he's been chasing these guys he's, he's got scores to settle and when the professor refuses to turn the balloon down he draws his guns on him <laughs> the first case of air piracy <laughs> and it gets rather deep at this point must you always revert to your most violent instincts, Mr. Hickok. Well, you think you're building a better world, Professor, with your science and invention? Well, let me tell you something. Science and invention gave us the gun. Yes, and we will make it irrelevant. The Professor is there thinking science is going to provide all the answers, that, you know, the guns will eventually become unnecessary, but as Wild Bill points out, scientists invented the guns. They will continue to invent bigger, more mean, more aggressive weaponry. The Professor is part of the circle of death. It may be disquieting for the professor to hear that but the fact that most of his inventions do serve a violent purpose as well there's uh, no two ways about that innovation development can always be twisted violent and negative consequences anyhow Ernest consoles the professor but they are heading after the gang in a balloon 
<laughs> Not the first time. Won't be the last. Oh, and in the chaos that ensures, Ernest grabs Wild Bill from shooting at the McCall gang. Two of them struggle. The professor fires his uh, taser at him, hits uh, Ernest, who falls off the balloon with his leg around the rope and dangles upside down from the balloon a few feet from the ground. Uh, that didn't go well, did it? Didn't go well at all. And I guess you can see where this is going. Eventually, Ernest foot gets loose, he falls to the ground, only to be surrounded by the McCaw gang. Now, this could be tricky, because I don't think Ernest is going to be able to talk himself out of this. Let's see what happens. Cold of the West. It's another one of these stupid lies you writers put in your damn novels. Oh? You're familiar with my books? Oh, probably read every one of them. Any favorites? I hated every one of them. Well, that was unexpected. It turns out Jack McCall is a bit of a, a literature critic. He's read every book <laughs> Ernest has written, and they make him laugh, and they make him angry. And then they really make him angry, <laughs> because all the details are wrong. He's, he's annoyed that Ernest has never really lived the West. You don't rob stagecoaches from the back. You do it from the front. You don't drink your water in midday sun. <laughs> this guy really loves and hates the legend of Nicodemus. <laughs> And he knows the details of all the books, even though he hates them. It's brilliant. Oh, this is inspired. Meanwhile, the Professor and Ramos have got an idea of how Wild Bill can take on the McCall gang, even without his glasses. They've uh, they've picked him with a, a headset, a rather large and complicated headset, in which they're going to send little beeps that indicate where his enemies are, to the left, to the right, up, down. I'm not quite sure this is going to work. It probably will, but I'm not quite sure how. Fingers crossed. One dot means enemy to the right. Two ah. dots means enemy to the left. One dash means higher. Two dashes means lower. And three dashes means look behind you. Is that clear? Yeah, yeah. Just let me get out of there. And still, Jack McCall is <laughs> criticizing the writing style. There's too much talking, not enough action. <laughs> and metaphors. He doesn't like them. <laughs> Bart looked deep into his campfire, but what he saw were the fires of hell. What are you talking about, fires of hell? It's just a metaphor. Ah, uh, well, it looks like this could be the end. End of Ernest and legend, because there isn't going to be a next time. Even through all this criticism, Jack McCall doesn't actually want the stories to improve, because he's going to kill him. Unless he can be saved by Wild Bill, who makes a dramatic entrance. I'm coming for you, Jack. Charge your pieces and make peace with your god. Wild Bill approaches the camp, complete with snazzy headset. I really don't know what McCall is going to make of this, but <laughs> he'll probably die laughing. Seconds tick by. Wild Bill is just sitting there on his horse. Wheels in the reins, he gallops towards them, handgun drawn. The professor is in the distance, providing targeting information. The gang open up. To your left, to your right. Wild Bill shoots, he hits. The uh, bandits are getting killed. Little cover fire there from the balloon as well, just to uh, help him out. Is this actually working? I don't believe it, but it's actually working. And it looks like McCall takes out the, the giant taser, and then wings Wild Bill in the shoulder. He falls from his horse. Could this be the end of Wild Bill Hickok? No, we kind of know how he dies. <laughs> but let's see how it plays out, shall we? Oh, well done, Ernest. Even tied up, he lunges at Jack. Hits him square in the back, the both of them fall into the little creek. 
Wild Bill got him on gunpoint. He fires, click, blank, and Jack does a runner. <laughs> wow, you'd, you'd have thought he's only five yards away from his nemesis. Go after the guy, beat him to death. <laughs> but no, Jack does a runner. And it looks like Ernest can't convince Wild Bill to let it go. The circle hasn't been complete. He cannot rest until McCall is in jail or in the ground. But meanwhile, he asks for help to take the rest of the gang to prison. Where? Deadwood. Dakota. Ominous music. And that, as the legend goes, is where Wild Bill meets his end. But that is for another, another series, another show. By the way, Deadwood, excellent series. Give it a go if you like westerns, or just like high-class drama. You're in that down payment today. Get yourself to California. Let it go. Can't! You heard him. That circle ain't been closed. So, what is Ernest to do? He has an idea. Can he convince Wild Bill that it'll work? Oh, my mistake. Deadwood's after Dakota, August 2nd, 1876. They're actually going to cover it in the show. Okay, let's see how it pans out. I think I know what they're going to do. The two men exchange their goodbyes. Wild Bill goes back to the sheriff's office while Ernest runs towards the balloon in the distance, chased by a little terrier. And Wild Bill walks into the saloon, sits down with his back to the door, something he never does. And may I say, whoever chairs the music for this scene, it doesn't fit with the series at all. We see McCall riding into town. The two men have a destiny to meet. As he says, the circle's got to be complete. One of them has to die. Do you know what's going to happen? Do you recall? <laughs> Chekhov's gun as they say. And McCall enters the saloon, draws his gun, lines up on Wild Bill's back and fires. Aces and eights, the dead man's hand. And we cut to Boot Hill, where Wild Bill is buried. They say the legend never dies. But maybe the legend and the man are two different things. At times the man can live and the legend dies. Which is where bulletproof vests come in. And maybe uh, an undertaker who's in on the deal. Clever. Nicely written. So, Wild Bill Hickok is dead. A fabric that bullets can't penetrate, I never would have believed. And that was the end of the life, death and life of Wild Bill Hickok. Pretty good episode that was. Yeah, very good. Very dramatic exit. It'll serve the history books well. The guest stars excelled. William Russ was fantastic as Wild Bill. John Piper Ferguson played Jack to perfection. The twist that <laughs> he really had a bee in his bonnet about the novels was pure gold. Twist at the end that Wild Bill Hickok did not die in Deadwood, that the man lived on, that he was just a legend, legend that died, that was a nice touch. Of course that is something that will probably happen to Ernest and Nicodemus himself. Although you wonder that Ernest is getting so caught up in the character at times that maybe when one of them dies, both of them will die. Uh, we may not see the epic conclusion of the life and death of Nicodemus legend since <laughs> the show was cancelled after one season, but... Let's see how it pans out this first season. Okay, next episode of the Stargate Archives, I'll probably do another Legend episode. This is December, uh, I haven't got any episodes of Stargate in the can, so I might just fill the time catching up with Legend, and maybe a few bonus episodes, we'll see how it goes. If you want to get in touch with me, I'd love to hear from you. If you want to be on the Stargate Archives discussing an episode of Stargate SG-1 Atlantis or Universe, please get in touch, I'd love to hear from you. Stargatearchives.com Email is targetarchives at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at TheGateCast. We're also on Facebook and Tumblr. Do a search for us, you'll find us. We are on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. 
also on Stitcher as well. If you do, let me know. Uh, rating and review is always welcome. Enjoy the show. Uh, listen to uh, as many Stargate podcasts as you can do. Touch wood, we might get some more Stargate content in 2020. That'd be nice, even though Stargate Command is closed down by now, or at least closing down within the next few weeks. But on the upside, a lot of that content which was behind the paywall will now be on YouTube, so that will be good. Right then, uh, if you celebrate Christmas, have a good Christmas. If you don't, then have a good holiday, and if you work through the holidays, you have my condolences. I know a lot of people who do work retail, and it's no fun over Christmas. Till next time, though, this has been Mike. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.